Thank you. Yeah, it was great worship. Love it. I love uh, when we go to Japan, uh, Adrian often leads worship there, and she's jumping and shouting, but it's all in Japanese. So, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, she's a great worship leader. Well, we just want to open in prayer, and, and in addition to praying for the message, we want to hold up the uh, families that were affected by the tragic shooting. Uh, so if you'd join with me in prayer. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name, and we thank you that we can that you we we have a relationship with you that there is someone we can turn to when things in this world overwhelm us and make no sense uh lord that you are constant in a world that's filled with turbulence and change and father we pray for the families of uh, all those affected by this tragic shooting lord that you would be a very present help in this time of need Lord, that you'd comfort their hearts, uh, those grieving, losing children and, and uh, uh, loved ones. Lord, that, that you, would, you would just show yourself uh, very real to them. And Father, we pray that not only to them, but uh, for this nation. <clears throat> they need uh, to connect with you and our, our whole society needs you. We need you to intervene and to bring hope where there seems to be only hopelessness. Uh, to bring a purpose and a destiny where there seems to be only despair. Because you, that's what you do, Lord. You come with hope and peace. So we bless them and bless this nation in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it's exactly what Jesus did, what God did about 2,000 years ago when he uh, came uh, on the very first Christmas. And, and what I'm talking about is the Christmas story and how God intervened. As we just prayed that God would intervene into our day, and, and make a difference in people's lives. He he did 2,000 years ago. And, and talk about the Christmas story. And one of the main points today's message is that uh, is to draw a parallel between uh, Mary conceiving Christ as uh, the Savior um, in her body, and you and I conceiving Christ in a different sense as our Savior. Just want to draw attention to the parallel. That's really the the big big idea that we're going to be talking about today. Because the Christmas story is not something that should be relegated to history. You know, some ancient uh, event that uh, uh, no longer matters. It matters very, very much. All right? The Christmas story is a true story. It literally happened. It's a historical truth. Um, uh, and we don't want to minimize that. In fact, <clears throat> it's one of the as- uh, essential aspects of Christianity and one of the things that differentiates Christianity from many world religions is that uh, Christianity is so rooted in the historical uh, nature that, that these things really happened. It's not just ideas, but uh, the very fact that the, the incarnation really happened is the basis of our faith. That they really did happen, but they also need to be realized and lived out in our day today. It's not enough that they happened. It, they did happen, but that's not enough because they have to have impact and they have to be realized, they have to be lived out in our lives as each individual encounters God. So we're going to start by reading the Christmas story, or at least a portion of it, from Luke chapter 1, verse 26 to 38. I'm going to read out of the New King James. It goes like this. It's now in the sixth month. The angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth 
to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph uh, of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting was this. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you, shall, uh, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and he will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, therefore also the Holy One, who is to be born, will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her who is called barren. For with God, nothing is impossible. Then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Amen. <laughs> so from this passage, there's two commands we're going to look at, and there's two responses. Two commands, two responses. We're going to kind of delve into those and see how they applied to Mary and then how they also apply to you and I. The first command is rejoice. The angel says, rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among uh, women. The message that the angel brought was a message of joy. And he literally commanded uh, Mary to rejoice. You know, it's like, be exceeding, exceedingly glad. You know, so I don't know how you'd express that in our day. If it was a contemporary scene, what would the angel say? Man, you are totally blessed. You just, just rejoice, man. You better break it out. Right? You know, it's an overwhelming joy. The message was overwhelming joy. So the first thing out of the angel's mouth was, Man, you are blessed! Rejoice! Be happy! Cheers! It can actually be translated, cheers! Like, cheer! Yay! Woo! Yay! Mary! You know, can you imagine? You know, we all think angel is. Rejoice. Mary. Yeah, he might have been a little guy. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> That's the idea. It was a Yahoo. There we go. We were down down south. Yahoo! Yahoo! All right. And that's the response. That's that's the command. And that's the because the incarnation, the message inspires joy. All right? That's the proper response. It is a message of joy. Joy inexpressible. Joy that makes the angels get excited. All right? Joy that's changed the world. 
It's a message. The message of the story of Christmas is a story of joy. It's also a supernatural message from the beginning to the end. Every aspect of the Christmas story is just infiltrated, just saturated with the supernatural. The means uh, of the announcement uh, was supernatural. An angel appeared, you know. Mary didn't get a letter. You know, she didn't get a text or an email. She didn't hear about it. She didn't read about it. Wow, an angel showed up and supernatural right from the beginning. This is the miracle stuff. The method was supernatural. It was a virgin birth. This woman had never had sexual relation with any man, and she, was, she conceived a child within her womb. That's supernatural, all right? That's supernatural. And the result is supernatural. The result was Christ was born, he lived a sinless life, and he died the death on the cross for the salvation of every man, woman, and child that responds in faith to him. That's a supernatural response, right? That's a supernatural result. So everything about <clears throat> uh, the incarnation, uh, the means, uh, the method, and the result of the incarnation was all supernatural. It was to Mary, and it needs to be to us. So like Mary, first off, we need to hear the command and rejoice. We need to rejoice at the message of salvation. We need to rejoice at the news that Jesus Christ came as man to take our sin. You know, it's interesting that this word rejoice or or cheers or woo-haw, yee-haw, was the same word that uh, Jesus uh, spoke after his resurrection when he met uh, the two Marys as, as they were uh, returning from the tomb and they encountered Jesus. And he said, rejoice! It's the very same word. Uh, the first word out of Jesus' mouth after the resurrection uh, was rejoice! And, so, um, and it's the same word that was spoken by the angel announcing his birth. Um, we need to understand the, the joy aspect of it. We need to be caught up and respond. And, you know, it's, it's a command that doesn't, shouldn't have to be obeyed in the sense of something you have to do. It's when you realize the, the, the meaning of it. It's just the only response, you know. It's like, wow, this totally blows me away. And if you're not totally blown away by the story of Christmas, then you haven't heard it yet. You know, you just, you may be, you're used to the, you, sometimes familiarity breeds contempt. You know, you hear something so often, you just kind of dismiss it. Uh, but it's not something to be dismissed. It's something to really understand the impact of it. Uh, and the impact is revolutionary. All right. And we also need to understand the supernatural nature of the message of God. As Christians, we should never try to take the super out of the story. Okay, Uh, you don't have to minimize the supernatural aspect of the message of the gospel. And when you're talking to people who are not uh, who are not believers, who don't yet have a relationship with God or they don't understand the things of God, you know, don't minimize the supernatural aspect of it. God doesn't minimize it in the Bible, does he? No, he actually kind of all focuses on it. You know, and people have tried this, have tried to make the, the, the take the supernatural out of the Bible, and they're missing the point. 
Because the whole point is that a supernatural, a God outside of this uh, you know, universe who created the whole universe with the spoken word embodies himself into a human being and invades this place and this space with his supernatural presence. So everything about it is supernatural. Right? And so the message is, is, is a message of joy, but it's also a message of supernatural uh, invading into our world. And Christians, as Christians, as Christ followers, as people who respond to this message, you should expect to live and to see the supernatural in your lives. You know, when Mary was greeted by the angel and told this was going to happen, you know, she experienced something supernatural, didn't she? All right? Well, you've encountered Jesus Christ through the message of the gospel. I'm telling you, you ought to expect something supernatural because it's one and the same thing. All right? Now, you might <clears throat> say, okay, I'm open to the supernatural. Maybe someday I might see a miracle. And if that's the level of openness you have, then maybe someday you might. But if your openness is a level that I try to live at, which is every day I'm looking for it, and I'm expecting to see something supernatural. Is that, is that it? It probably was. It could have been. We don't know. <laughs> Give it a minute. I'll give it the benefit of doubt. That counts. That's what I say a lot. I say that counts. <laughs> that was supernatural, you know, because I'm looking. I'm. Ex- I expect. I expect the supernatural to happen every day. You need to expect the supernatural to happen in your life every day. Every day. Doesn't all have to be big things. I have yet to walk on water. But I keep trying every summer. <laughs> That's the one I'm going for. I just want to see what it's like. I want to know, do I take off my shoes? Or do I leave my shoes on? I haven't figured that out yet. Do my, do my shoes get wet? Or does his feet stay dry? I don't know. <laughs> All right? <clears throat> Expect the supernatural. Why? Because it's part of the story. All right? Because uh, it, was, it happened. Like Mary, you and I have been drawn in to the supernatural intervention of the God Almighty, the God who is supernatural. You've been drawn into the story. You're part of the story now. You're a character in God's story. And what God, God is supernatural by nature. He created the natural world and he can do with it what he wills. The means, the method, and the outcome of our faith also needs to be supernatural just as it was in Mary's life. All right? All of it. It's all supernatural. It says, uh, <clears throat> the angel called her highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. You know, the, pr- the primary attribute of Mary, in fact, it's actually the only attribute that is, is told of Mary. We don't know anything about Mary other than uh, what was bestowed on her. What was given to her was the favor of God. It was was something that God extended to Mary. We don't know anything that Mary had on her own. Do you understand this? And so, uh, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Why? Because of her character? Because of her lifestyle? 
Because of how good she was? Because of what she looked like? Or what she'd done? No! None of that! None of that whatsoever! It was all because she was favored by God. She was selected. It all came from God. He favored her. And because he favored her, she was blessed and she was chosen to have this. Does it matter? So it was of none of her accord. There was nothing inherent within her that, that, that she earned or achieved this status. It was bestowed. It was given. It was a gift uh, poured out uh, to her. And the word, um, <clears throat> the word used to describe Mary, the highly favored one, is actually only used one other time in Scripture, and it's found in, in Ephesians chapter 1, 3 through 6. I'm going to read this verse right at the end of uh, verse 6. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ, just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will. It's all God's desire. To the praise of the glory of His grace, by which He has made us accepted in the Beloved. And the word accepted in the Beloved is the same as highly favored ones. We are highly favored. All right? Mary was highly favored and blessed. Okay? We are also, the same word is used to describe us. You, me, highly favored, accepted in the beloved. Is that amazing? You've been chosen. That whole verse in, in, in Ephesians is, is talking about being chosen, just like Mary was chosen because of something in her. No, but because of something in God. Because He chooses to favor and to pour out His love. And just as He poured it out on Mary, He pours it out on you and I. The very same word is used. We're highly favored. And um, if you've received uh, or, and responded in faith to the, to the message, the, the truth of Jesus Christ in his life, if you've encountered him, encountered him and responded in faith, then just like Mary, you're accepted in the Beloved. You're highly favored. You and I have the same qualifications as Mary. Wow. You have the same qualifications as Mary. Think about that. In God's eyes. In God's eyes. The one who is to be esteemed above all others. To be honored. Well, we also, through that relationship, because it was through Christ, come into that same place of honor. We're esteemed not because of what we do, but because of what He's bestowed. That was command one. It was rejoice. Command two is don't be afraid. Mary, <clears throat> for you have found favor with God. The rational response to encountering a supernatural God is fear. All right? The angel said, don't be afraid. Every time an angel shows up in Scripture, the first, almost the first thing out of his mouth is, don't be afraid. I think it's more like, oh, calm, down, calm down, calm down, calm down, deep breath, deep breath. It's okay, it's okay, it's okay. I'm an angel, I'm an angel, it's okay. You're, you're not crazy. All right, calm down. Okay, now I got your attention. All right, all right, guys, got something? To, no, it's okay. <laughs> you know, the Bible says, "Don't fear not." I think it's probably more than just fear not. You know, fucking Roman, <clears throat> an angel. You know? uh, so the angel's got to calm the people down, right? 
so that we can remember this. <laughs> uh, don't be afraid. Uh, it's interesting that just like uh, rejoice was the first words out of Jesus' lips after the resurrection, this was the next words that came out of his mouth when he, uh, when he talked to the two Marys. He told them, rejoice. And then he said, don't be afraid. Because <laughs> they realized who it was. And it's like, ah, they're terrified. And so fear is actually a rational response. As Christians, we don't want to dismiss this reaction. It's not wrong. It's rational. All right. In fact, Hebrews 10.31 says it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. That's a New Testament verse. Right. And even if it wasn't in the Old Testament, it's still, it's still true. I mean, God's personality hasn't changed. And it's still true. When you encounter a living God, you should experience fear. But what changes the equation is coming into the realization that you've found favor with that supernatural God. It doesn't remove the fear. It changes the nature of the fear. From a fear of, from terror to awe and reverence. Okay? So even if you try to remove the fear, you're going to, you're going to, you're not going to have, you're, you're not going to, you're not encountering God if you're not afraid of him. And I know a lot of people teach about, oh, God's so loving, you can't be afraid of him. I'm like, no, you've got to be terrified of him. Well, the good part is that he loves you, <laughs> which is really good. It's like the most terrible being in the universe is, is like your daddy, <laughs> you know, and loves you to, to pieces, all right? So it's coming into a proper understanding of the favor. When you understand the favor that you have, then you can, then you can uh, have a fear that is reverence and it actually draws you to him. And doesn't make you try to hide from him. Favor is grace. It's the same word. It's the same charos. Uh, Greek word. It's, it's grace. And Ephesians 2.8 says, says, By grace you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourself. It is a gift of God. That favor that was bestowed on Mary is bestowed on every man, woman, child that responds. It's a gift. Uh, it's a gift. <clears throat> Uh, Mary could overcome the fear that she faced because of grace, and we can overcome the fears that we experience because of the same grace. Whether it be fears in your relationship with God or fears in any area of your life, there's grace available to overcome that fear because there's favor. All right? There's favor. Grace, favor. Same idea. Um, what did that grace... Oh, it reminded me as I was preparing of, this, of the verse from the song. It was, "'Twas grace that taught... From Amazing Grace. "'Twas grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved. How precious did that grace appear the hour I first believed.'" So grace has in it, as this song tells, both the, the aspect of kindling fear and also relief of that fear. That's the twofold nature of encountering God. <clears throat> um... So what did that grace produce in Mary? Right. In verse 31 it says, Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And so with Mary, God the Son was, literally was conceived supernaturally in her womb. Now that was a unique uh, uh, experience 
It was to be done once. Um, and so um, uh, the person, Jesus, literally came and um, uh, God uh, took upon himself a form of a man of man he came and took became human in mary's womb and was born lived uh, a sinless life and then died in the cross for our sin that was uh, the unique um, uh, expression or result of of grace in mary's life but what was not unique is the general result of grace right and that is christ being conceived in those who receive his word, okay? Conception of Jesus, the person. In fact, Peter, when he's explaining the same idea in First uh, Peter chapter 1, verse 23, says, talking about Christians, says that we have been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible. And the seed there, he used the word seed is sperm. All right, we're all adults here. He's talking about the birthing process that we've been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible. Because he's bringing that same mind that we've been, we've been impregnated with an incorruptible seed. All right? We've been impregnated with the Word of God, which lives and abides forever. And that Word of God, the result of that grace when it comes upon us, is to reproduce the person of Jesus in us. All right? Just like we saw literally happen in Mary, we need to see actually happen in a spiritual realm in each of us. That Christ is reproduced in us and through us. And in us, uh, as He reigns, transforming our character so that our life looks like His life. We become Christ-like. Right? And then as He rules and reigns in us, then wherever we go, we extend His rule and His reign. The kingdom of God is within you, Jesus said. So wherever you go, and then when you share the message of grace so that someone else understands it and receives it and conceives it and accepts it and grace comes upon them, then Christ is reproduced in their life. You've just extended His rule and His reign that goes forever and ever, fulfilling the prophecy given to Mary about the Christ. Does this make sense? All right. So Christ is reproduced in us through His character, and His reign is extended uh, through us by us living Christ-like and us spreading the message of salvation to others. And God's goal is that every man, woman, and child would have the opportunity to respond to this uh, 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 grace and this favor to have their life redeemed and become Christ-like as well. So those are the two commands. Two responses are, are a little quicker. <laughs> Mary's response was, What? What are you talking about? Are you kidding me? I can't get pregnant. I haven't even had... You know what? <laughs> she wasn't married. She was a good girl. What are you talking about? What's going on? How could this be? How can this be? I just can't wait to hear the, the tone, you know? I wish we had the DVD instead of a printed Bible. <laughs> what did she sound like? Again, familiarity, we, we're so used to the story, we just kind of dumb it down into, you know, a cartoon character. This is a real person. She was going, what are you talking about? 
You barge into my house, you say these crazy things, and now you're saying I'm going to get pregnant? Who do you think you are? <laughs> All right. And the angel response, the angel's response is very interesting. It says the Holy Spirit will come upon you. This is how it's going to happen. How can this be? I'll tell you how it can be. The Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. The Holy Spirit uh, will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also the Holy One who is born will be called the Son of God. Mary was not going to accomplish this on her own. Mary, don't worry. You can't do this. It's impossible. All right? It's not going to be done the normal way. All right? It's not through a natural means. It's a supernatural work of the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity. Supernatural is going to come and do this. going to reproduce Christ in you. And you know what? Our response is the same way. How can this be? I'm supposed to be like Jesus? Come on. I can't even be like so-and-so. They're ten times better than me. How can I be? How can I reproduce the character of Christ in me? What? You know, when you come to realize what God calls and what God's called you to, if you really realize it, you should go, What? What are you talking about? i got to pray for sick people? And they're going to get healed? What are you talking about? How can that happen? i got to give up this besetting sin? I can't, I can't get through the day without filling the blank. I can't do that anymore? Well, what are you talking about? How could I possibly do that? How could I possibly communicate Jesus to somebody else I can hardly understand it myself? How can I do that? It's impossible. And the answer that the angel gave to Mary is the same answer that God's Word gives to us and God's Word gave to the early disciples. We read it in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Jesus said to his disciples, he says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Okay? And Luke wrote Acts. Using the same phrase, I don't think it was an accident. He was making this parallel, this comparison, that just as Christ was formed in Mary through the uh, uh, work of the Holy Spirit uh, and the power of the Holy Spirit coming upon the person of Mary when the power of the Holy Spirit and the person of the Holy Spirit comes upon you and I Christ is formed within us and that empowers us that enables us to do the supernatural work of living like Christ and being his witnesses re uh, representing him or representing him to the world around us through the empowering of the Holy Spirit does that make sense? Come on. <clears throat> Somebody say amen. amen. All right. So um, I believe there's a direct co correlation between Mary conceiving Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit and the same power of the Holy Spirit coming upon us to be witnesses, birthing Christ in us, reproducing his character in his life, uh, and demonstrating his lordship. You know, when, when he's lord of our lives, we're extending his kingdom. And as, as I shared earlier, uh, we can do that as we communicate the gospel and invite others into that grace. So the first response, how can this be? By the Holy Spirit. The second response Mary uh, gives is, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it, be to me, uh, let it be to me according to your word. You know, Mary saw herself as a servant. She was willing. You have to have a willing heart. All right? And like Mary, she was willing. And then she confessed out loud, uh, Let it be to me according to to your word she she uh it was a statement of faith 
in the promise of God when she said that. She said, let it be to me according to your word. Bring it on. <laughs> All right. And she said it out loud. She accepted that. And in that, in that confession was a faith uh, being demonstrated. Well, you and I need to do the same thing. We need to respond by accepting first the role of a servant. That we're here to serve the King of Kings and to do what He's called us to do. We're here to be used by Him. But more than that, listen, it's not just to be used by Him. Mary wasn't just used by Him. Mary was filled with Him. Literally, right? And so in the same way, we need to be filled. We need to be impregnated with the Word that reproduces the person of Christ. You know, Christianity too often uh, is, 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 is reduced to just being about what uh, needs to be removed from your life. This needs to be removed. That needs to be removed. That needs to be removed. That's a part of Christianity, but that's a small part. Because we're going to remove all this junk and pour in God. You know, the supernatural, everything that God is. All right. So you blow. You can't handle it. That's what the, that's what the incarnation is about. He comes and dwells in us. All right. But we have to say, yes. We have to say, I submit to that. And we have to confess be it to me according to your word, just like Mary. I believe that means uh, that every aspect of our lives, from the most public to the most private, must be in accordance with God's word. All right? Be it to me according to your word. So we all have public lives and we all have private lives, and there's this, there's this spectrum between our public person and our most intimate private person that that only you see, and maybe even the part that you don't see. That needs to be in accordance with, that. in accordance means lined up in agreement to the same tune, okay, in harmony with the Word of God, all right? And Mary's confession is, let it be to me according to your Word. And you and I can come in and partake of that grace and favor when we likewise say, let it be to me according to your Word. Amen. Amen. <clears throat>